Blog Talk Radio. And welcome back to Grace and Peace. I'm Zenobia Bailey. And uh, as we ended last week, we ended on the note of um, the fourth verse of Psalm 92. And it says, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. We're picking up with the book entitled Aging with Grace, Flourishing in an Anti-Aging Culture are Sharon Betters and Susan Hunt. Now, I'd like to read a poem to you. The authors talk about a poem by Sinclair Ferguson, and it goes this way. The title is A Heart for God. God, you are you, and you are but one of his creatures. Your only joy is to be found in obeying him. Your true fulfillment is to be found in worshiping him. Your only wisdom is to be found in trusting and knowing him. That's a mouthful, don't you think? And it is really something to think about, chew on, and see how it applies to your life. Are you in sync with it? And actually, are we even in sync with Psalm 92? It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. And the authors make the point that Sinclair Ferguson connects flourishing to worshiping. It is at the end of life, they say, not only at the beginning that Christians are most different from the rest of the world. Then the true beauty of a woman, the true character of a man, is seen for what it really is. That is why there sometimes seems to be a touch of glory and light about the lives of elderly Christians. They have remained fresh and green, as Psalm 92 suggests, 
because their hearts have been given to the Lord in worship. True worship puts character into our lives, humility into our bearing, strength, and confidence into our witnessing. Learn to worship God with the faithfulness and joy of the author of Psalm 92. They continue. The psalmist's unbridled joy in God is contagious. His God-centeredness is compelling. What is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God? Our answer is one of the most important things about us because it reveals the arc of our life. It determines the choices we make and shows whether we understand that our identity is not based on what we do, but on who we are in Christ. The psalmist leaves no doubt that his knowledge of God is not a product of his imagination or his circumstances. It is the product of God's revelation of himself in his word. God reveals himself through his name. Note the two names the psalmist uses in Psalm 92.1. Lord is the English translation of the Hebrew word Yahweh. This is God's personal coveted name, whereby he reveals himself to us as the covenant-making, covenant-keeping God who enters into a personal, forever relationship of love with his people. His covenant, his marriage bond with his chosen ones. The very mention of Yahweh immediately reminded the elderly Israelites that the Lord never stopped loving or pursuing them, even, and this is so important, even when they sinned. For us, on this side of the cross, this name brings an even fuller understanding of never-ending covenant blessings, which include God's covenant plan that began in eternity past when the Father chose us in Christ and predestined us for adoption through Christ to the praise of his glorious grace. His covenant promise in Genesis 3.15 that he will rescue us from Satan's bondage by providing an offering of the woman who will crush Satan's head. His repetition of this promise throughout Scripture, I will be your God, you will be my people, and I will live among you. The fulfillment of the promise when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The victory of the promise. When the crucified Christ rose triumphantly from the grave, conquering sin and death, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The provision of the promise. When the resurrected Jesus said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The expectation of the promise when every knee should bow in heaven 
and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. O Most High is the English translation of the Hebrew word Elion, another name for God, which describes the sovereignty, majesty, and transcendent glory of our creator and sustainer. These two names show that the psalmist knew the familial nearness of God as his father and the stunning transcendence of God as his king. These names bring together the themes of covenant, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and consummation. This is indeed the big story that holds every moment of our story together. We are all products of our theology. What we believe or don't believe about God shows up every single day. Sound theology produces sound thinking and living. As we face the sorrows and physical suffering of aging, thinking biblically about who God is and who we are in Christ, comforts and carries us. God's word accomplishes his purpose in us. It is good. These first three words of Psalm 92 echo God's declaration at the close of each creation day. It reminds us, or they remind us, I should say, of the rhythm of work and worship established by our creator when he blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. God's people now gather on the first day of the week to celebrate Jesus' resurrection, his triumphant victory over sin and death, and to anticipate the everlasting Sabbath rest for the people of God. The psalmist tells us it is good to give thanks. The Apostle Paul also exhorts those who are in Christ to rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. We don't necessarily give thanks for all things, but rather in all things. In every situation and relationship, we can give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. In Psalm 92, too, the psalmist tells us it is good to begin and end each day by declaring God's steadfast love and his faithfulness. Steadfast love, from the Hebrew word hesed, sometimes translated loving kindness, is a rich, multifaceted concept. Sinclair Ferguson writes, hesed is one of the big words in the Old Testament scriptures. It appears around 250 times and is dominantly with reference to God himself. He is a God of loving kindness. 
when God revealed himself to Moses, he said that he was a God full of his head. Not simply love or kindness in an ordinary sense. It means that God's deep goodness expressed in his covenant commitment is absolute loyalty, his obligating of himself to bring no fruition, I'm sorry, to bring to fruition the blessings that he has promised, whatever it may cost him personally to do that. It costs God his son. It costs the son his life. Jesus embodied his sin. We see the triune God's unrelenting faithfulness to his covenant of redemption. When the first man and woman committed cosmic treason against him, he could have ended it all. But because he had chosen the people in Christ before he created the world, he pursued the man and woman. They were hiding what he was seeking, and he still is. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the law. He promises, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have continued my faithfulness to you. Our sin can never outdistance, outdistance God's steadfast love and faithfulness. But the question is, how do we continue in faithfulness? Jesus tells us, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The repetition of declaring the gospel to ourselves gradually becomes the melody of our soul. Faithfully declaring God has said in word and deed helps us develop a pattern of remaining constant even in changing circumstances. And boy, are our circumstances ever-changing today. It is what Jesus called abiding, remaining, continuing, staying, enduring, submitting. And on that word, I will close our reading for today. We will pick it up again next week, beginning with gladness. Thank you for joining me. Take care, everybody.